Welcome to the GPS Training Podcast, the monthly podcast keeping you up to date with everything in the world of outdoor GPS navigation. Welcome to this month's GPS Training Podcast. It's our 30th episode. In this month, we've got myself, John, and Ian again. Ian, welcome to this month's podcast. Hello, John. So, without further ado, let's get on with the podcast. It's the new year, so today we're going to have a slightly different podcast. We've got a new theme music, which hopefully you like. I know Ian would be pleased with that. He's not heard it yet. He's going to have to wait for New Year's oh, Day to hear it. Sounds <laughs> exciting, John. I can't wait. I can't wait. But I know you've been saying, <laughs> we need some new theme music, haven't we? So because of you. And then um, Adam, who does our online resource design, actually, he's 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 commented there. Because I sent him the other day. I said, do you listen to our podcast? I said, actually, I do. He said, I don't like your theme music. I went, <laughs> Good. Good. So I'm I thought, like that's it. two people I thought, right, that's telling me a story. So we've got some <laughs> new theme using. So it's going to be very much a podcast of two halves. First part we're going of this month's podcast, we'll look back at some of the key developments, stories and funny antidotes of 2019. And then the second half, we're going to look forward and dream a little bit about what we would like to see in the world of outdoor GPS navigation. I very much hope you enjoy this slightly different January GPS training podcast. I must state at this point that when I've been looking back over the last year, I really enjoyed putting this together. I actually sat down one night last week and started pulling together exactly all the different things that we've done over the last year. It's been quite fun looking back, listening to some of the old podcasts and some of the stories that we've had. So... If people haven't know the history of the podcast, the first ever GPS training podcast was in September 2017. We never heard the story before. I was away on holiday, kind of listened to a few podcasts and really thought we could do this ourselves. I remember sitting around the meeting table at work and saying, we're going to do a podcast next month. And everybody looked at me with this blank look. Nobody knew what a podcast was. Nobody knew how we would do this. And as my usual thing, I kind of railroad these ideas through. And off we went in September 2017, which I must ask is our most listened to podcast it's our worst podcast because our first one uh, but it's our most listened to uh podcast it's nice that we hear people going all the way back to the beginning um ian joined us in february of this year because andy left us this time last year and ian joined us in february 2019 for podcast number 19 so it was your first ever one as andy left us and his last podcast was on the 31st of december you've enjoyed it ian over the last year have you I think, John, um, it's one of those been one of those things that I suppose I entered the podcast world with trepidation, <laughs> and probably my worst one as well. The first one, um, I don't know how well listened to number nineteen was, but no, it's uh, it's been quite good. And I, and I think what what we found was was that the first couple of podcasts we did uh, just as an audio podcast, mm -hmm. and since I was up with you at the beginning of March to do a SatMap course and we sat down uh, at the table mm -hmm. I think then we realized that doing it as an audio visual podcast yeah. is it just works a lot better so now we um, I wait for your link and mm -hmm. and off we go to do a, a call over the internet and it's a lot lot better yeah if people don't know what we do is over a zoom call if people know what it is we do a zoom call Ian and I so I can see Ian Ian can see me and then I think the the body language is a little bit better when yeah. other one of us wants to talk and I it 
before I did that, I used to always think that was the wrong way to do it because I thought if it's going to be verbal, we need to have it as if what the listener's watching. But we soon learned that after being see each other, um, mm. it was far better. So that was, yeah, it took us a month or two to work that out, but I think it's working quite That's well. Good, from yeah, then. good. Yeah. Okay, so we look back over the past year, we've got some key products. We look at key products, key guests, and then I've got a few funny stories about what has happened over the last year to both Ian and ourselves. So key products really, I think over the last year is 66i, Ian. June um, this year, big game changer came yeah. out. It's the yeah. first yeah. G- GPS to have the built of the in-reach technology. People don't know, this is a two-way satellite communication. We used to have an in-reach explorer, in-reach explorer plus, in-reach mini. But when the 66i came out, it was a game changer, wasn't it? I think, Ian. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, uh, uh, back in October, I think I had about well, I had seven people on a course, one of my South Downs courses, uh, with a sixty-six, mm-hmm. and I think out of that seven, I think a good four or five of them had the i version. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking that is really popular. And I think probably one of the biggest things. It's a bit like a lady who's just bought one from the company. Uh, one of her questions was about batteries and mm-hmm. the fact that it's got an internal uh, lithium battery that doesn't need taking the AA batteries out. Um, I know we discussed, well, how long will these batteries last from a charging point of view, how many years, but I think that is actually quite a big, it's a big development that isn't set in, in GPS, in sort of like GPS, I know that um, it is the first one for Garmin yeah. to have an internal lithium battery that just needs plugging in. And that I think for a lot of people is going to make a big difference in, in, and yeah, the whole thing is, uh, yeah. I can't believe actually how many, we are selling a lot of 66 eyes. No, they are something that is relatively expensive, especially with 125,000 mapping, but we are selling yeah. a lot of them as people are utilizing them. And, and I think it is, it's, it's that, First step in. I'm really impressed. I've not had one. I've said in past podcasts, I've had one person ring up and say the battery on this is poor. I've not had a conversation no, with that anybody. No, and, no. and even when people are pre, before they buy and they ring up and ask me questions, I can honestly say, do you know what? I, I'm getting people who are saying they're getting a, a good day and a half to walking out of them. Mm-hmm. We're used to carrying power packs to charge our mobile phones yeah. these days, etc., yeah. etc. So I can we'll look more. Is that going to be more the way going forward in the future yeah. that more units have this technology? So 66i came out in June. Big podcast for us in July. We had Ollie who came up. Um, he flew all the way up from Southampton for the day. Ollie was from Casio, and and um, they brought the Casio ProTech GPS watch, which we sold relatively well. Actually, I'm quite pleased that I was quite impressed. He flew all the way up to see us for a day from yeah, Southampton, yeah. <laughs> and I picked him up. He needs a day out, John. He did. I picked him up from the airport in in July, and uh, he spent a day meetings and chatting about various things. And uh, I roped him into doing a podcast then, um, and and that's been quite interesting. I know you've not had an awful lot to do. Uh, with the Casio, um, but it's going to have got one twenty five thousand mapping on a on a GPS watch as well, which I know the people who bought yeah. them have been over the moon with them. Uh, I, I think it it's the ability to put the the view range of maps on the watch, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's the that's that's a, a big thing, and sort of like my experience of view ranger from a mobile phone point of view, the the, the quality of the mapping is very good, yeah. and. And the variety of mapping that you can get now through View Ranger is, it's it's very good too, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So it is a good, it's a good option for people. Yeah, brilliant. 
And then Garmin's Phoenix 6 came out. So that, that's been out um, in September. And then we just had launched the solar version of it as well. Um, Phoenix 6, again, really good sales for us. We're, we're kind of moving more into the, the wrist-based world. Um, traditionally, we've always been the handheld. A lot more of our customers are coming over wrist-based products. Um, I know Ian and I are still on Phoenix 5s. Um, um, we've not upgraded but we have sold a lot of the Phoenix um, sixes and there's some nice new features in there. Um, and, and it is interesting to see a lot more multi-activity people going over to, to wearing watches, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'd say, and, and, and I think the thing is, is that it's just with these watches, they, they do just so much. And um, yeah, I, I, and I think people, as I think we were saying in our last podcast uh, when we were talking about the, um, or the it was the podcast before about watches yes they are expensive but they just people i think nowadays becoming so much more aware of their health and and keeping Mm -hmm. themselves uh fixed that yeah these things these watches do it for for you and they're um Mm -hmm. Yeah, very, very popular. Yeah, I think a lot of people will have opened a watch up on Christmas Day. I know we've sold a lot, especially with the Instinct as well. The I know it's at 199 being reduced before Christmas. We saw a lot of Instincts come mm. to Christmas. So I think yeah, a lot of people yeah. are going to, their first step in the world of Garmin GPS watches as well as that uh, handheld unit. Yeah, yeah. Um, in November, on podcast number 29, we discussed the launch of the 86S and 86i, which we've done very well with the sales. This is aimed more at the marine market, um, a waterproof market. Um, slightly larger uh, GPS units, but again, it's interesting to see Garmin going into those markets, Ian. And and again, we've sold it well. No, we really like it in the office. I know you've not had your hands on it yet, but it's it's mm. it's, a, it's a nice it's a nice looking unit. And, and I think again, it's you know as, as we I know when it first came out, we discussed which we were pretty sure it would do that it would take the map cards, yes. okay, which it which we know that it does, and it's of like again a. I think if you are a sea kayaker or a canoeist or something like that, you have now got a a GPS that will do um, everything, whether it's in <laughs> on dry land or in the water, without worrying about your dry land GPS mm-hmm. getting in the water. So again, that's a that's a good, I think, good bit of accommodation that Garmin have have done for people with those sorts of activities that do those sorts of activities. I had a guy just before Christmas, Ian, who was getting one. He bought one. He's a diver. He dives on the south coast and looks at wrecks. And he has a float behind him and he wants wants to be able to see or wants people to see where he is. Um, yeah, because because yeah. he's out on yeah. his own as such. Yeah. So he yeah. he he bought an eighty six i. He's attached mm. it via a landlord to his float, and he just sends the tracking away on it, Fantastic. and and therefore people can see where he is live. Um, his wife yeah. and, and and whoever else, yeah. just in case yeah. he, he's not, something <laughs> happens to him. Yeah. And um, yeah. He, he has a, and he says, and also he, I was talking about you no know, marking a waypoint of where he gets off his boat because he goes out via a boat. And he says sometimes yeah. you can go underwater, come back up visibility, and he goes, "Where's my boat?" He can then just yeah. do a, a where to to take yeah. him back to his goat but which is the most simplest thing you want a gps unit yeah. for yeah. and i kind of because he was saying oh well, how am i going to do this to a point i said this thing is just going to float you just let you attach with the lanyard float there because we've got the the aerial out the top mm. it doesn't matter mm. which if it floats yeah. downwards or upwards it doesn't yeah. really yeah. matter doesn't it yeah no, so no, uh no, so that's, no. that's an interesting uh yeah. use that we <laughs> never thought of actually the guy who ranked Garmin got no joy off them and then rang us up and uh, we knew more about their products and what they did <laughs> um 
Expedition yeah. 2 from Satmap, Ian. I know um, you're a massive fan of Expedition 2. Um, that was a really good update, wasn't it, earlier in the year oh, as well? Yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I think, um, yeah, I mean, Expedition 2, John, I, I think from a teaching point of view, but also from a user's point of view, it, as we've said, I know before in a previous podcast, it is very simple route planning software from Satmap. And it's not mean meant in a sort of like, patronizing way or or, or a insulting way to set up it does what it says on the tin yeah. uh, and and it's easy to teach easy to use and that's what people want mm-hmm. and i think also the range of maps i, I know oh right yes the achilles heel of all of this is that you need an internet, internet access to use it but once you once you've <laughs> and if you provide you've paid for the premium subscription the, the wealth of European mapping that's available to you without having to pay an ounce more. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. It really yeah. is. And I actually, um, you know, was recently with, with a lady doing a private one-to-one day and uh, she does a lot. Well, they've actually got a house uh, somewhere out in the Austrian Alps. Mm-hmm. And she just thinks it's fantastic mm-hmm. because it's just, you, you know, decent one to 25,000 Austrian mapping is there for Brilliant. Expedition Tour. And, and, and it is it is really good. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And I think, as I think we, I know we've talked before, Basecamp, although base, Garmin Basecamp does a lot, as well as just route, using it to route plan. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's, it needs more time to get your head around, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, so, yeah, yeah, it's good. No, please, Expedition 2 from Satmap, yeah. which is their route planning software. So, key products there 86i, Casio ProTech Watch, Phoenix 6 being launched, and then the GPS map 86S and 86i, and then route planning software updates from Satmap Expedition 2. So, those are the key products that we've looked at over the past year. And a number of key guess i think the big one for us was pre-launch of the 66i with andy which is a-n-d-i we obviously always say we have to send the office with Andy because we have lots of andys around um and that was a big big um podcast a really great interview i'm going to link to this in the show notes people that was back in in june um podcast number 23 i had a good chat 45 minutes an hour with andy and we really went into depth and, and i don't know if you really listened to that ian he, he knew yeah, his stuff he was yeah. a very uh, yeah, good yeah, interview. Yeah. But Alex on twice from the AA team, both August and October. And if you remember, Alex and two of his friends, Seven Elliot, set up on a 10,000 mile journey across 20 countries in a 600 pound Ford Fiesta. And that was a real adventure. Again, I put a link to that in the show notes. Um, it, it, I, I, my, my second interview with him, I, I hadn't chatted beforehand and I didn't know what had happened, but it was, it was fascinating uh, to hear their story. Also, back in March on podcast number 20, I talked to some participants on, on a GPS training course in Mongrace. I'm going to try and do this again next year. Um, that was a really nice group. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about our courses coming up, but that was a, a really nice group who, do you know what, Ian, they just got it. Does that make sense? You yeah. know what I mean by that? They just got it. And by you know, 11 o'clock on the Sunday, yeah. I said, do you fancy ever record a bit of a podcast? And, and yeah. it was one of those days where everything, or the weekend, everything had just gone well. The sun was shining. Um, and I think the only downside, I think two of the guys have spent a bit long in Weatherspoons on the Saturday night in Keswick. 
<laughs> they, well, they probably weren't feeling as eloquent as uh, you had hoped they would no. be. <laughs> so now on, I warn people to keep off the drink on Saturday night, please. We've got a lot to do on the Sunday. Um, but it was a, I was, a, I, I like the interview. There's some, and and there was a lady on that, and I can't remember her name. Terrible names, and no, she she had a GPS for a number of years, been on a course, and like she had, wow, she got so much from it. She was very yeah. articulate in the way she spoke, and and yeah. that was a yeah. a yeah. nice one. Tris, yeah. uh, in October, uh, sadly the sound quality on that wasn't as good as it could have been. But that was a really interesting thing. So it's uh, Tris who uh, has epilepsy. Um, he had bought a, a 66i from us, and it, it literally opened up his world for him. It was it, quite a moving conversation. I spoke to Tris before it a little bit. He was quite nervous about um, the interview before we did it. We did so well during the interview and how this had opened up his life. Um, they say 6i, as we just discussed, sorry, 66i, um, he mm. could, he, people could see where he is, he had the SOS button, he did a little bit of mountain biking, a lot of walking, and, and it really did open his world up uh, yeah. for him, so thanks Tris uh, for that. And of course I've got to mention Tom, you know, Tom from Garmin um, has been on so many podcasts, Tom is, I speak to Tom every day of my life, um, he's a very good friend, and um yeah, it's really, he's good. He's been a lot of podcasts. He comes with a lot of ideas for podcasts. He comes, well, what about the story on this? What about the story on that? Um, and we're actually thinking about having a weekend away, you know, aren't we, to have a bit of we bonding to, to record some stories, hopefully, yes, um, yes. In, the, uh, in the new year. I'm just laughing, John, because um, you're, so, you're such good friends that when you were doing, we were doing that little um, feature for the podcast for the InReach, um, if if memory serves me right, you, you had uh, Tom out in the rain whilst you were in the dry. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do with Tom. Think, Come on, Tom, off we go outside. Yeah. We go, you know. <laughs> whilst we were recording this, <laughs> you were in the dry, and I think Tom was <laughs> very wet. Uh, it's very uh, yeah, it's uh, it's, it's a good friend, really good ideas. Very keen to keep yeah. us going in the yeah. right direction. And uh, yeah, he's, he comes up with all sorts of ideas, and that was one of the funny stories we did did with Tom. Actually, you know, people remember the classification of GPS units, submerged in GPS yeah. units, and that was in main podcast number twenty two, where we submerged GPS units. And it, I love this because I get so many questions. People saying, "Oh well, do I need to put this in a waterproof bag?" And I, can, I just send them the link to the video that we did, and I like, look here we are submerging them. And I know that 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 one has been taught quite a bit in the industry. Yeah. Um, about what we did no, it's, it's uh, interesting but... it's interesting i think because i think that's one of the things that people are most concerned well not most concerned about but they are concerned about just how waterproof are these gps's um i i know when i bought my first one i had sort of like a a case with a sort of like a a, a see-through neoprene screen mm -hmm. that covered the buttons of my 60 G, um map 60 and it was all right but it made the buttons really Mm -hmm. almost impossible to use and i think that because of the quality of uh the screens and the waterproofness that we've all proved of the gps's people just don't need to really worry oh. about it. and i still keep my gps in a carry case mm -hmm. just to put in my bag mm -hmm. or, but i don't when, when i'm out using it i don't worry about anything no. i think because you know you you have that confidence that they really are that that waterproof mm -hmm. so yeah. Brilliant. That was good. It was good. Good. So that was, yeah, some of the stories. That was the, some of the people we've had on the podcast and, and some of the funny stories where we did that with Tom. 
Next thing we're going to look at is some of the funny and memorable things that happened to Ian and I on our courses in the past year. <laughs> Ian, yours must have been your your your, oh. your reign that you've had over the last year. We've had this many times on podcasts. It has been a wet old year, hasn't it? But I think it's for, for both of us, but very much more for yourself than myself, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, even sort of like the course I did in, uh, when was it? It was at the end of July, which hopefully you would like guarantee uh, it was the course in Northamptonshire. You were guaranteed just a bit of sun at the end of July, and it literally rained all weekend. And it wasn't just like drizzle; it was heavy rain. Mm -hmm. And we were sort of wearing clothes that you'd be wearing in sort of like February or March. Mm -hmm. It was just, it was just. And I just find, and I don't blame people that it's just trying to teach people how to use their GPSs. It just, it just gets, it's harder because yeah. I like, I like to, you know, I say to people. There are going to be many instances when I say to you, just hold on with your question, please, until we're out walking mm -hmm. on the Sunday afternoons, because it's a lot easier. It's a lot more visual if I can show you when we're out walking. But there have been one or two courses, John, where it's just been it's just been miserable. It really has. And yet we had that crazy. I, I did that course. I did a course in February in the New Forest when we had that crazy hot weekend mm -hmm. when the sun was out and it went up into the sort of like early to mid twenties. And I remember on the Sunday, and then I did another uh, course, uh, SATMAP course on the Monday. I did it just wearing sort of like virtually summer clothing, mm -hmm. which is just stupid when that was in February. Yeah, all... that same February, I actually went, Man. I was at um, Peak Dish at the same weekend and we had glorious weather, but on the Friday, I actually went to walk Blen Catherine, the Lake Dish, on my way to Peak Dish. People, mm. my geography's not very good. People coming nice from Northumberland to the lakes and then down to the Peak District. But it was a lovely day, and I went walking up the Blen Catherine, and the weather was absolutely stunning. Shirt mm. sleeves, and then we think of what we've been through in June and July yeah. and and August, <laughs> and you kind of sit there going, the nicest pictures from our walking has been in February in the, in the Lake District or on courses in February. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's yeah, it's been an interesting. Uh, interesting year with the weather. Yeah, nice, hasn't it? Yeah. I think my funniest story, and I've got to have this. I'm gonna, in a, in a nice way. I had a, a lovely lady in the course in Peebles, and I think Ian's heard this story before. A wonderful lady. She Peebles in the Scottish Borders, and this lady lived in Glasgow and and had to get to Peebles by public transport. She didn't come down the night before she decided to do it first thing in the morning so she got up at four o'clock in the morning four thirty in the morning and she she did it all by public transport she caught the bus um into into glasgow then she caught the train across to edinburgh and then a bus out to peebles to be there when she was there at quarter past nine fantastic and lady was being a, a 60s and and she hadn't got a gps unit she was going to buy a gps unit and in the classroom, it was a beautiful classroom. And just after lunch, it, it was nice and warm. If we'd been out in the cold in the morning, and just as I started my lecture, oh, lecture sounds like my this, uh, the afternoon session, I noticed this poor lady was just starting to nod off a little bit on my course. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of sat there and I thought, I've never had this before. Nobody's ever fallen asleep at one of my courses before. But what do I do? Do I, do I wake her up, or do I just? let her sleep i don't know and um and you see a few other people were politely looking and i go i don't know what i should do really so i just let her have a little power nap she had 20 minutes during the um, and she's so right <laughs> head nodded a few times and then 
she was back into life. So just she kept yeah. herself going, and um, yeah, she 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 ended up buying a sixty six S from us, and and really got to grips with it. She was a, a yeah. lovely, lovely, kind, carry lady. But in all the time, I've never had anybody fall asleep on my courses. <laughs> it was so good. It was, it was uh, John. I think it was also her travel as well. Oh, hundred percent of travel. What a what yeah. a journey! And and she ended up staying locally that night in a in a bed and breakfast. Right. And thankfully, somebody else on the course was coming from came from Glasgow and gave her a lift home on the uh, right. Sunday evening. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a good anything like anything like that. Ian happened to you in the last year? Can you think of or not? Uh, well, I don't think anyone can beat that, really. John. <laughs> be pretty hard. Be pretty hard. I think now. I, I think the only thing that I always have a lot of fun fun with Mac owners, um, the on the course on my courses, is that uh, just every now and again we get a request from someone who's got a Mac, like a Mac desktop, mm-hmm. if they can borrow our MacBook on the course. Mm-hmm. And so I had this actually back in April this year in Northamptonshire, and a, and a really lovely couple came on the course and they said, can we borrow the MacBook? And I said, yes. I said, I said, well, why is that? And they said, oh, we've only got a desktop. And basically I, I sort of like, because they were, lovely people so i knew i could say it to them about three years ago it's one of my very first courses i ever did by myself there was a guy who lived in london who had a mac desktop and he brought it down on the back of his motorbike <laughs> to clayton and i thought it was like above and beyond you know you're putting this extremely expensive computer on the back of your motorbike and it oh the the amount of straps it had on it so it didn't fall off mm-hmm. and it was just so impressive so anyone who says, oh, well, I've got a Mac desktop, um, but I, I, I don't really want to put it in the back of my car. I just say to people, well, I've had a, I've had a guy who's brought one down on the back of a motorbike, which normally shames them enough to, to, you know, and obviously I fully understand no one would want to bring it out of their house. And that's, and that's fine with me. But as I do just like pass comment that, well, if someone can get one to the, to a course on the back of a motorbike, then yeah. putting it on the back. Of, I mean, I've had a couple of people who have as a consequence then the following day gone home and very kindly uh, brought their desktop. But no, I fully understand that they'd want to use a MacBook, but I do, okay. I, I always do have a bit of fun with the, with the Mac desktop owner. <laughs> well, if someone can put it on the back of a motorbike, What's wrong as you with say, your car? it's not a cheap piece of kit as well, is it? Well, it's not, no. <laughs> Which is why I don't blame them if they don't want to take it out of their house. That's brilliant. So that's some of the free stories we've had on course over the last year and a little bit further back as well. As a bit of a break between looking back at last year and looking forward to this year, I just want to discuss podcasts. Now, I'm, I love podcasts. Um, it's something where we've done now for a number of years. I know Ian's kind of got into podcasts, um, something I listen to all the time. So I said, I'm going to ask Ian, so you can get to know Ian a little bit better. I want you to get your phone out, Ian, or whatever you've got, and tell me your top five podcasts. If you are going to recommend five podcasts to listen to that are not the GPS training <laughs> podcasts, what would those five podcasts be? John, you don't want to know. You One of them you will not want to know. <laughs> I know one of them is okay. Test Mass Special, okay. isn't it, that you listen to, I, isn't it? No, I mean, I, the ones that... So I listen mainly to uh, the podcasts I listen to, the Test Match Special podcast, the Stumped podcast, and the Tail Enders podcast, because you actually get some very good stories and you get more of an insight into all things cricket. And I, I mean, I... You know, as a kid, I used to play a lot of cricket. 
I've thank you know been very lucky. I've been abroad watching Test cricket, and um, yeah, you just like get to hear hear people discussing stories, giving you more of an insight into what goes on in the world of cricket, not only in the UK but around the world as well. So, so I do listen to those, and the one you don't want to know about. I'm going to tell you anyway. It's it's called. <laughs> Too, too embarrassed to tell you. Um, at home with the Williamses, Robbie Williams. Oh, he's no. doing a podcast. He's doing a podcast at the moment. Oh dear. Wife. <clears throat> and and you've got um, Brian Blessed. He sort of like does the background mm-hmm. commentary. It's, it's actually really funny. At home with the Williamses. That's yeah. a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so it's quite funny because I was just saying Robbie Williams was on telly, was he, just before Christmas? And I, and I said yes. to him, I said, he, Robbie's not like he used to be, is he? You know, I, yeah. I did turn over and said, there was years when Robbie Williams was the man. Now he just keeps trying to reinvent himself. He's now doing yeah. Christmas songs. I thought, oh, yeah. what a yeah, so, so But Ian's still uh, a big yeah. fan of Robbie Williams and his podcast there. So, <laughs> <laughs> so all cricket pod, called podcasts, and then you've got your Robbie. I think I have to listen to that one. I'll just subscribe uh, and, and to actually one, actually one that I was actually, I have been listening to quite a bit, um, is called it's called the point by it's done by cnn the american news yeah, channel yeah. and it's sort of like about it's it's only a three minute podcast that they do virtually every week and they pick up some current affairs thing going in the backwaters of america but which is affecting uh their 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 president on a <laughs> right. it's just really quite it's quite funny because i think you know, they generally uh, it, it's the humour out there is not great. Yes, uh, but it but it does it does actually take the mick out of of their president quite nicely. <laughs> it's quite funny to listen to. Yeah, yeah very good. Yeah. Right, I'm going to pick up my iPhone Ian because I'm a and I'm going to go through my podcast that I've got. So which uh, ones so do you do these are all um, let's go with my podcasts, right? I, I think I've mentioned some of these to you before. My all time favourite podcast, which I listen to twice a week is Grumpy Old Geeks. Have you not listened to Grumpy oh, Old Geeks? Have you listened have to listened it or not? To it, Could you get on with it or not? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Grumpy Old Geeks is is two um, ex-coders in America who are Grumpy Old Geeks and they just, uh, well, the, the podcast is everything that was wrong with the internet and why. So they just criticise um, Amazon and Facebook and everything like this. Quite strong language, so no children around to listen to it. And they're two really good. They have technology things, and it really, um, I, I love it. I, I love it. I think it's a it's a really nice um, place. So put your phone away from the microphone. Um, a couple of other things I listen to. I, I kind of into. Um, uh, I, I've started to listen to a positivity podcast i listened to a very good one um called happy places have you heard of happy places or not no. actually just ooh, and happy places one that's just come out it's actually a um um it interviews people um who have been successful also oh, started playing being successful in their lives look back at their lives it's a very positive look on 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 their lives as well um I'm also listening to. Um, I'm scrolling down. I've got so many different podcasts on mine here. Um, I'm, go- I'm 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 looking them up, John. As, as, as you're yes, you, you, telling me. <laughs> I also listen to because um, I'm quite into my business side. I mentioned one which is called Am- Ambitious Lifestyle Business, uh, which is a, a, a favorite podcast. It was 
it's it's my first ever podcast that I listened to, so it kind of has been on there. And if you want to if you want to know the real me, um, I was actually interviewed in that pod, podcast a couple of years ago, um, right. and uh, I was interviewed on that about the business of GPS training and shepherd's walks and things. So if you want right. to hear the real me, um, you can listen to that podcast. I can't remember what version, what which 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 one I was on uh, for there, but two two guys have got a lot of respect for. Um, and and I say I was interviewed on theirs. It's something I listen to. I, I don't think it's the best quality podcast now. It doesn't it doesn't sit there. But for me, for sentimental, it was one of the first ever ones I wow. uh, listened to. And then I also listened to the Jordan Harbinder show, which is an American guy, um, and he, he does get some really good guests on uh, the Jordan Harbinder show. Some guests, um, ex-military guests, outdoor people. And, and people like that. He also he does two podcasts. He does three podcasts a week. He has two guests, um, and and he also does one um, called Feedback Friday. My wife calls this Freaky Friday because <laughs> and it, it's just it's absolutely it's it's so it's 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 so it's, it shouldn't be it's funny and frightening at the same time. So American people or people around the world uh, email him with their problems uh, about everything you can imagine about you know parents that have stolen their inheritance to um the the wives having affairs to all sorts of various things and uh, he answers it could be business it could be work it's, it's and, and he's this lifestyle kind of coach and uh yeah feedback friday as soon as i see it arrive in my inbox it's my friday evening listen to uh feedback friday so i think i've kind of got my five haven't i which is grumpy old geeks um uh, jordan harman's show ambitious lifestyle business and then happy places uh, with a, a fa- also another one i must mention i've been listening to um recently which i'm just going down they must have had a copy for a, 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 quite a while is um a bit of a blast from the past for you it's called happy places it's called um and it's by um mckenna was it mckenna who did who's the ben spoons and things isn't it um paul mckenna paul mckenna really nice it's called the positivity podcast and he interviews again successful people in 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 in, in the subject they uh, want to talk about and there's some really good antidotes in there so <laughs> as you can re- hopefully realize there's some nice podcasts there both Ian and I listen to. If you've got any yourself, just drop us a, a, a comment in the notes section or drop us a quick email because um, I'm always looking forward to uh, some other recommendations. So a little bit of an in-between between looking back at last year and looking forward, some of the podcasts Ian and ourselves, uh, myself listen to. So looking forward to <coughs> excuse me this year and beyond this conversation came up because i think we heard on last month's podcast he and i had a good could put the world to rights off the air and we discussed it a little bit so actually we need to bring that on to air ian so we need to discuss um the we discussed the outdoor gps navigation for handhelds wrist-based gps products two-way satellite communication um and and what we would like to see in the year now before you we start this conversation um I have actually signed a non-disclosure agreement with Garmin because I do often know what's going on. I've actually, I don't, I said to, I've said to Garmin, I don't want to know what's going on for next year. I want to be creative for this piece. And then I think in January, we'll sit down with Garmin and understood what's going on. So I, I, I do sign a non-disclosure agreement, but everything that I know is happening with Garmin has happened. So these are all my personal thoughts. Um, the, the, no, I, do, I don't know anything other than what, what we're going to guess here. Yeah. Um, there, so I just thought I'd better mention that before you go. Oh, he'll know what's going on. I don't know anything that's going on. So, Ian, 
new touchscreen units from Garmin. Are we ready for it or not? Yes. If there is going to be one, is that the next thing we would we would like or not? Yes. Yes. In a word. <laughs> it's easy. Update of an Oregon or E-Trex Touch, what would you like to see? Uh, I, I think well, <laughs> both. <laughs> I think that the because the E-Trex Touches are very popular. Mm-hmm. I, and then I think the, the thing for the E-Trex Touch, I would like to see, like what they did with the E-Trex 30s, was they upgraded the screen quality, didn't they? Yes. With, with the 30s to the 30Xs. And I'd like to see the screen quality the, uh, improved. Mm-hmm. That's what I'd like to see on that. And I think the Oregon 700, I'm really amazed that, bearing in mind that the Oregon 700, as far as we can tell, as far as I'm aware, has got the same sort of technology inside it as the MAP66. I cannot believe that they haven't made the Garmin Explore app yeah. available for the yeah. 700. Yeah, it's got Bluetooth, it's got Wi-Fi, the screens, the to do the the pairing. You can do everything on the Oregon 700, and I can't believe that mm-hmm. clearly there's got to be another bit of software sitting inside it. But I can't believe that Garmin now, bearing in mind the Explore app's been out for a year, mm-hmm. can't believe that they haven't done something for Oregon yeah. 700 owners. So people don't know the Explore app is Garmin's new app, which came, as Ian said, came out a year ago now, which yeah, enables you to to plan routes on it. And, and it's going to be the way forward. Yeah. And there's been so much progression with that Explore app. It tells you that's the yeah. way Garmin are going to go forward in the future. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because actually, compared to your Basecamp updates, which are few and far between, the Explore app is, is just evolves literally on a week-by-week yeah. week week basis, doesn't it? So that's Absolutely. something that we need yeah, to yeah. be there. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so I'm, I'm really su- I'm surprised that they haven't done... Garmin haven't done something yeah. for the Oregon 700 owners. Yeah. owners. I really am. And I think as well is is actually you know the Oregon has lost a lot of sales to the 66s. So I'm quite mm. I'm quite I'm, yeah. quite, I'm, I'm surprised they've not done an update as to kind of catch yeah. some of those people who have slipped to the 66s because yeah. just yeah. some small little tweaks would make it very very similar unit, wouldn't it? Well, I think it would make it more competitive because at the moment I think it's it is actually uh, <laughs> wishing to upset any body who's just bought an Oregon 700 but I think that the technology you, if people say well which GPS has got the most up-to-date technology the truth is 66 series isn't it 100 percent yeah so that's key update so we would like to see a touchscreen update for that the thing we discussed earlier on is batteries so again with with these going forward would you like to see more built-in battery packs like we've seen on the I version, Ian, or would you be? Yes. Are you happy with AA batteries to the end of time with Garmin? <laughs> I'm very happy with me rechargeable batteries, AA <laughs> batteries, John. But I think that going forward, having an internal rechargeable lithium battery has got to be just so much better, doesn't yeah. it? It's a bit, you know, because with your with our phones, our tablets, they've all got internal batteries. Why are we still putting AA batteries into the back of a bit of technology when everything is just plug it straight direct into into a plug or your computer isn't it so i suppose in garmin's defense they can i say well actually you can take no double a batteries with you and keep the thing going for week after week couldn't you yeah, um, yeah there is that that's the, that's that's what the defense that they i suspect they would come back with um but as you rightly say, a lot of us now carry power packs around with us to keep our mobile phones going and mm. things. So actually to have something yeah. that integrates into that ecosystem 
makes yeah. a lot of sense. No wireless charging. We see wireless charging on mobile yeah. phones now. Yeah. Why are we wireless charging on a GPS device? Now, is that the kind of technology that's going to come mm. along? Because, again, we've got wireless charging on both iPhones and Android phones, haven't we? It's not just yeah, an iPhone. Absolutely. Yeah, so is, so that, I, is that way we're going forward? But certainly I think an internal battery would be a good move in the right direction, mm -hmm. wouldn't it, for, for everyone? This conversation first came up, <clears throat> excuse me, because... The thought I had it, uh, with with the um, technology now, we've got this solar-powered GPS watch, which is the Phoenix 6 Solar. Why can't we bring that solar technology into a handheld unit? So my thought was, this what I always think is actually, the screen size of an Oregon, we're talking about updating Oregon, mm, imagine yeah. the black rim around the edge of that Oregon is a solar yeah. panel. Imagine yeah. if you've got a, a second solar panel under that screen with a built-in battery pack, you could end up with a neutral power handheld gps unit couldn't you yeah, that? yeah and therefore this unit would just uh, we can have a bit of wireless charge give it a bit of a boost or something like that and then we could end up with a, a unit because the thing with a watch is we've got a solar powered watch which a lot of time will end up under your jacket or under your sleeve sleeve but actually with a handheld unit we've got in a backpack tether we're holding in our hands it's got a clear view of the sky that become could become a neutral powered device couldn't it Unless you're anywhere near me, John, because it just seems to rain. <laughs> so so I, I was my thought. I thought, you know what? When yeah. I saw the solar yeah. power power coming out and I thought, you know, we can increase power. I thought, so if you did that on the handheld, so yeah. on a new Oregon 700 came out, decent size screen, have that solar power technology built into it. Wouldn't that change the world? Actually, why don't we build the in-reach technology into it as well? So we have an mm -hmm. Oregon well, yeah. 700, 800i touchscreen, self-generating yeah. solar panel, built-in battery pack. <laughs> Game changer. Yeah, you want the world, John. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Garmin are going to pay me for their ideas, you know. Yeah. I'll be on the phone to Andy with an eye. Andy, come on, come on, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, th I think it would be right because not everyone wants to use a button... Yeah. GPS do do they, and to have that as a touchscreen GPS, the with the i version, would be, I think, a good step forward, with the same sort of technology that the sixty six has got. I think it's just got that's got to be surely their their next big thing, or you would hope it would be in the world of GPSs. Yeah, it most certainly would be. Uh, so in reach technology, we kind of move on to in reach technology. I think naturally we're going to see that built into. All units going forward, you know. I think, I think we, I suppose we won't do in the budget units in 22s, 32s. Mm. E-Trex touches, maybe not. But I think I would expect to see it in the Oregons. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And That'd be nice to see something, something like I that. Think, yeah. I think it would be there as, a, as an option. Again, for, for, for Garmin, it would make it stand well above that mobile phone. What's it? Well, oh, I'm using my mobile phone to navigate. Actually, this is a two-way satellite communicator, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they're not expensive contracts as well. So I think I think going forward that has to help. Mm. Satmap, going to bring Satmap in there, Ian. I don't know what your thoughts are. Do you think they'll ever de develop a watch, or do you think they'll just stay in the handheld market? That's a big, that's a big question, isn't it? That is a I, I really don't know, John. Really don't know. I. I I think the thing is, is that the, the the thing with SatMap is, is that we've we've said time and time again the quality of their screen, the quality of the mapping, the variety of mapping, the built-in battery, built-in battery. Be nice if they sorted out their little USB charging cover on yep. the bottom, mm -hmm. which we do get a lot of. Uh, I get a lot of when people come on courses. I think people are quite upset that they haven't 
got a final solution for that because that's been like it since the unit came out. Mm -hmm. And it's a it's a little thing, but when you're spending that money on the unit, mm -hmm. I think people would like to see SAP. You know, if that's my wish for 2020, that SAP map come up with a... <laughs> a replacement for the bung on the bottom of that GPS. Uh, 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 a solution. <laughs> you don't want for much in, really, do you? <laughs> I want solar panels, GPS yeah, units with in-reach technology. Ian just wants a bung to stay in the bottom of SAP map Active 20. But people, but people jump. People complain about oh, it all totally. the time. Mm -hmm. And and it, it it is hard, you know, yes, I, I agree that when the unit first came out, there are going to be design... Mm -hmm. Can, issues, I guess, or whatever the right word is, but if you'd have thought by that, hoped by now they would have come out with a solution for yeah. for something so simple because of the price of the actual unit. So it's for you know because we've discussed in past podcasts, we actually have a form on our website where people fill in, and we get this filled in numerous times every day of the of the, of the week. You know. I'm looking for a GPS unit. What do you use it for? What activities do you use it for? What mapping you're looking for? Do you want a touchscreen? Do you want a button? What brand preference have you got? Do you know, so many times when you fill in those questions, people are saying, right, I want a, both a touchscreen and a button. I want a large screen. I want a clear screen. I want a built-in battery. And actually, I want 125,000 mapping. Now, actually, the SatMap Active 20 comes in very, very competitive. And I, I, I say yeah. that. I have kind of, we have stock answers. We send out the people and mend them a little bit. For when somebody puts that in, there's an active 20 and I find yeah. it hard to push that person towards a Montana unless they've had a Garmin and they've got the Garmin background. If somebody's coming in for the first time, yeah. it does meet that criteria, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah. or without the bung stain in the bottom. Well, yeah, I was going to say, that's my other, <laughs> that'd be my other requirement. <laughs> so, yes, it's, it's, it's interesting that <clears throat> we'll sat, SatMap are doing well with the active 20. They've done very well with it running up to Christmas. Mm. Would they develop another unit, or are they just going to keep going with what they've got? I think. Well, I, I think that the the Active Twenty it was such a big. It's such a big change from the Active Ten and the Twelve mm -hmm. that I think that they, and I think that has been. One would can only assume a real was a lifesaver for the mm -hmm. for the company that because. I mean, all my courses now, very rarely do we get anyone come on a course with a 10 or a 12. And when I think those, the owners of a 10 or a 12, see what the 20 does yeah. and they, and they realize, and, and it's got really good stuff. It's, it, you know, you can transfer your routes uh, over Wi-Fi. It, it, it's, you don't, you don't even have to worry about uh, connecting it because there was, as a gent, not so long ago, I think he was having problems connecting his Active 20 to his computer and i said well whilst you're resolving this mm -hmm. you can don't forget you can always do this over over wi-fi mm -hmm. uh, the transfer of the routes uh, uh yeah I, I i i think it is i don't know but i think it is a if if they could iron out a few little things then i think it would be even better mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Connect app, this is Ian's one, isn't it? Connect yeah. app, stable connect app. Oh. Ian, you have issues with connectivity. Connect app is the Garmin app that we use with the watches. Also, you can put handheld units connect with it as well. It's more the fitness-based side of things, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And and um, every time there's an update, Ian, we struggle, don't we? Well, I think the thing is, it, you know, and I understand that it, it, it's a problem, isn't it? Because iPhones get after the autumnal iOS updates mm -hmm. for anyone who's got an Apple uh phone or or or, or ipad it, it's this it's 
it seems that rather than the connect app just staying connected <laughs> it seems it to my watch it seems like i think middle of last week it was fine and then by the time they'd done another garmin had done another connect app to apparently improve stability mm -hmm. I, there there i was trying to reconnect my watch back to my phone it just would not my iphone it just would not connect yeah and it, it was you know it was so you know i knew it was in in the in the uh in the Bluetooth, it was all paired. It, it was all, but it just was not the Connect app. And then slowly, it did it after about a good half. And you just think, can't they just keep this nice and stable? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's 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 my big wish. And the it? thing is, as well, that Connect app, they must get used. It's like it must be millions of downloads yeah. every day because it's all our yeah. watches work with it and this kind of thing. It's such yeah. a fundamental part of their ecosystem, isn't it? Yeah, you yeah, think yeah. that it could be stable enough uh, to yeah. do it. But yeah, you know, you say this. I I kind of I use Bluetooth headphones all the time, and I've got to clip mine once every five times. I've got to forget it in my Bluetooth and go back into it. And this just Bluetooth is just a flaky thing, isn't it? Well, really? It is. Yeah. The technology is just yeah. not there, is it really? But I don't. I, yeah. I think that we're stuck with it, aren't we? And nobody's going to change Bluetooth technology. No, I mean it. It, it is. It is what it is, so to speak. I, I hate that phrase, John. It is what it is, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then just live with it. Just we'll live, live with, with it. it. We'll live with that. <laughs> and then the other thing I think we would like to see, or you would like to see, and uh, is better quality 125,000 mapping, is it, with the Garmin GPS units? Yeah, I mean, because we, we've had quite a lot of feedback. I know you've had a bit of feedback through the year, as I have, John, about the... the it's just the... Ba it, it's... We, we understand the difference between um, uh, vector and raster mapping and what all the Garmin GPSs have. But I think it's just the, it's just the quality of it because people have even been in touch with me saying that <laughs> the squares on their mapping, on their maps, whether it's bird's eye or on the map cards, they're not even proper squares. Mm -hmm. They're sort of like rectangles mm -hmm. almost. And I know that you've had one or two customers contact you about, well, this mapping, the 125,000 mapping, the edition, the year edition of it is a bit, seems a bit old. Mm -hmm. And I, I was even re reflecting when I saw one of the comments to you about it was that I've got a bit of, um, so the old di digital mapping that we used to use before uh, GPSs with maps on memory map. So the memory map that I've got, which is what we all use to plan our routes mm -hmm. on and save where we'd walked. I was looking at a one to twenty-five thousand map of the new forest, and we were because we were down there over. I think it was Easter time, and we went for a walk one afternoon in the middle of nowhere in the forest. And on the Garmin one to twenty-five thousand map, there was no footpath shown across a heathland, mm -hmm. part of a heathland. And yet, on the memory map, one to twenty-five thousand, that must be at least what two thousand and eight, two thousand nine. So it was old compared to what Garmin say their mapping is, mm -hmm. the footpath was shown right across the heathlands. And you right. think, you know, come on, Garmin, sort of like, if you're going to, because these maps aren't cheap, no. just let's keep, let's keep up to, you know, you need the most up-to-date mapping. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. yeah, it, it's just think little things like that, that I know other customers have commented on. Well, really is that the most up-to-date mapping that Garmin yeah. can give to us. You I, know, Ian, I, I don't know you know Garmin OS release a quarter of the year every year as, a, as yeah. an OS update so Garmin yeah. therefore update yeah. their map cards every four years to tie in with yeah. that 
So it is it is that thing. I was just actually talking to someone before we, a uh, so gentleman was just in before we started recording, he was buying a GPS unit from us ourselves. And I was saying the only thing I kind of see developments is long distance trails as well. You no, know, we're in Northumberland, set Oswald's Way. Took four yeah. or five years to appear on the Ordnance Survey map, but it's not on the previous 125,000 map card, but is on this current 125,000 map card, which are quite fundamental if you walk yourself yeah. Oswald's Way. Because yeah. actually, yeah, I would no, like absolutely. to see as a national trail, well, it's not a national trail, it's a long distance trail yeah. marked on the Ordnance Survey map. Mm. And mm. things like that, yeah, you do. And it's a shame we don't actually get OS updates. I know a lot of customers say, oh, well. Do we get updates? And you know, in this day and age, why don't we get updates on the OS yeah. map card? Because yeah. as you yeah. rightly say, if you're buying a one twenty five thousand map card, three hundred and forty nine pounds is not, it's, it's a lot, <laughs> of, money, a lot of money. <laughs> and it'd be quite nice to have some OS updates on the back of that. Do you know, I, I, yeah. I, is there any reason why not? I, I don't know. Is I don't know why, but it would be nice, especially if you're paying three hundred and forty nine pounds. Let me say yeah. it again, it's a yeah. lot of money, yeah. isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yeah. So. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I think they're brilliant, mm-hmm. and they. It's. I think we've discussed many times that a lot of people, if you go all over the country, it is pro- walking. Then probably yes, it, it it's got to be the way yeah. forward, hasn't it? For everyone buying a GPS, it is a big investment. But once you've got it, you got it. But it's just these little things that I think for people do take the take the edge off their their experience and and satisfaction that mm-hmm. they're just finding it a little not what it what Garmin would have you believe it is. But also the other thing I, I can to to end on a positive note on the negative note of the post, It is, it is, no it's still is, is I have this thing where actually do you know what if you're using your GPS properly or Garmin GPS properly and actually I plan my route on my computer on my map before hang on, what page am I going to navigate on? I'm going to navigate on my compass page the majority of the time. I've got this big arrow in the middle pointing me in the yeah. direction I want to walk yeah. on. Yeah. And for me, sometimes the the image of the OS map in the background on the map page is just an image on the back of the background. And actually, yeah. I've got a compass rose at the top. That's what I'm looking at. I'm jumping to my map page. And that's what I'm looking at. And I always say this thing is, I don't get in your car, Ian, your Volkswagen car and go, your sat map maps are far better than they are in my Land Rover or from my mm. Volvo or whatever. No. And no. for me, if you're using your GPS properly, e.g. plug into Garmin Basecamp, plan your routes on Garmin Basecamp, and it navigating you along, for me, the map then is just an image in the background. Now, the map's important when it's on the computer or the Mac because I yeah. need that quality. But on yeah. my GPS device... It's just an image because actually the majority mm. of the time I'm going to navigate on my compass page until I'm, oh, I'm coming to town. What's the town? Oh, I'm coming to Rothy or wherever. So for me, I because I, 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 I always say to you know, people, you know, if you use your GPS properly, you're just going to follow an arrow. It's as straightforward mm. as that. Yeah. <laughs> and actually the maps are important for your route planning process, but for mm. less important. Yeah. But there is that inaccuracy of that 150,000 compared to 125,000. There's an inaccuracy there. And, and I, I still don't understand why there is that bit of an inaccuracy of, of you go for a walk and overlay on a once fifty thousand, it's always a little bit off. But if you overlay on the one twenty five thousand, it's bang on, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Hey, yeah. So there things, we go. So those are some of the things we would look at. So potentially, what would we like to see next year or this year? Sorry, from Garmin is new touchscreen uh, GPS unit. Could be an Oregon. We're kind of thinking of more built-in batteries. Um, solar powered handheld GPS unit. That'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? Um, sat map. We don't think we're going to see a watch from there. It'd be nice to see some developments there if they were going to do in each technology being built into handheld units. Everyone going forward, uh, we start two way satellite communication, um, stable connect app, um, so less 
dropping off from watches and things when it's been updated. And the quality of 125,000 mappings. I think that's a specifically a Garmin issue because the SatMap, we've got the HD maps, Ian, haven't we? So I think that they don't have that problem at all. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anything else in that you would like to see that I've missed out on, <laughs> or we would like I to think, see? I think we've got quite a decent wish list there. <laughs> we, how much we'll see in 2020? Well, you never know. <laughs> Perhaps we go over this at the end of last year and see how yeah. many people have uh, listened to us. They just think. Yeah. <laughs> it's all these all these lawsuits coming from <laughs> from the various people. That's exactly right. <laughs> So I think the next thing we're going to do is a quick fire round to Ian. So um, do you think you would change your GPS unit if any of the following features were on? So, Ian, would you get rid of your handheld GPS unit if we got OS maps on a Garmin GPS watch? Oh, sitting on the fence there, John, still like the big screen of the GPS. But yes, great to have maps on a watch. But the maps that are on my Phoenix 5 Plus, they're brilliant. Right. They're more than good enough. Very good. So you're going to stay with a handheld unit. Both a touchscreen and buttons on the same unit handheld. So if Garmin came with a unit and stole the ideas of Satman, which is both buttons and touchscreen, yeah. would you go for that? No. No. you stay with a button <laughs> GPS unit. <laughs> See, actually, oh, I, mean, I think that would be a game changer. Oh, I don't know. Would it be a game know. changer? I don't know. So... Solar charging. This is going to be the big thing. I think this is it going forward. Um, power neutral GPS unit or GPS watch. Would you change that? If you were, if the Oregon 800 came out, I'm just pure speculation, which was a power neutral GPS unit, would that sway you over from your 66S? It hasn't got buttons, John, and it always rains where I am. <laughs> so no. <laughs> no, I, I, I'd stick. I, I, th- I, can, I can see the the big benefits of it and i think it it that's as we're saying the change of an oregon the upgrade of an oregon the development of the oregon i think we would both like to see wouldn't we so then to throw that on its head then a power neutral 66s or we've called that what we call that a 76s from garmin a power neutral gps voice has a built-in battery solar panels on it you never have to charge it would that make you change your 66s ian that's a good question is now (laughs) yes Oh, yeah, yeah I think it would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. I think it would. Yeah. Then yeah. to take away the OS out of the equation, open source mapping. This is never going to happen, is it? But any open source mapping that would show rights away. So open source mapping um, traditionally just shows everything as a, a path. It doesn't show as a yeah. bridle way, a footpath, because yeah. that data yeah. comes from. In an ideal world, if open source mapping could decipher between a footpath, a bridle way, a private drive. Would you go away from Ordnance Survey to that pure digital map? Don't think so. Because I think that we, and you know, I discuss this a lot with people on the courses that I think everyone, so many people, they've grown up with paper Ordnance Survey maps. Everyone loves their Ordnance Survey maps. That said, I think open source is brilliant for when you go away. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely brilliant. It's a good, cheap option, flexible option. And I use them all the time. We use them all the time when we go abroad somewhere. Mm-hmm. And they're just brilliant. But I think I would stick with the old, with everyone else probably. 
Stick with me, OS. Don't know. <laughs> so you would go there. So, oh, but would you, John? But would you? I like the ideas. When you zoom in, you get more information. I think when you show also in Garmin Basecamp, where you're doing a course, I think actually people go, "Oh, that's quite impressive." The, the clarity yeah. of that. Yeah. But actually, the clarity and actually zoom in, you get more information. You zoom out, you get less information. But I'm like you, John. I've been brought up with Ordnance Survey Maps, the yeah. Cub Scouts, Duke of Edinburgh, no yeah. guiding. And there, some you said, you're taking those away from you. I, I did actually, um, when the E-Trex Touch 25 first came out, we couldn't get it with Ordnance Survey Mapping. Um, and I just I just walked with a topoactive mapping for a Christmas. It was actually a Christmas, but the yeah. first Christmas it came out, and I really struggled. I really struggled to walk with that map set. And I just, yeah. those paths just stopped in the middle of fields and this kind of thing. And to be honest, I was just craving for my ordnance survey map to come back in. And, and, we, and, and yeah. I, I, for me, that was a decider. No, I yeah. want my OS maps. Yeah, we, well, we had this issue down on the, when we used to run the course in the Cotswolds, the, the footpaths on, that we walked on the course straight out the back of the village hall in Sopworth weren't even shown on open source mapping yeah mm-hmm. you know which is just just not good mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. but it but it's still it's still good john it's ending on a positive note it is still good for when you go abroad yeah. it's brilliant that's brilliant Def- definitely very good so that was yeah. a quick fire round was some of the things we would change on your gps unit uh, if we had some of uh, the features we just dreamed a little bit about uh And finally, many thanks for listening to this month's GPS training podcast. If there's anything you'd like to cover in the future, please do let us know. If you know Emmys who uses a GPS for anything interesting that's a little bit off the beat, please do also let us know and we can feature it in future podcasts. Please do give us a call, especially if you're thinking about buying a new GPS unit. Please do go and look at our, both our physical GPS training courses and our, webin- and our webinars. Just go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk, and click on GPS training courses. Please do tell your friends about the GPS training podcast and encourage them to subscribe on whatever podcast app they are using. And don't forget to give us a five-star rating on iTunes or the Overcast player and Android users. It will always be, it is always appreciated. If you can also leave us a snazzy review on whatever platform you listen to us on, that is also very much appreciated. Many thanks, Ian, for joining me on this month's GPS training podcast. And I hope you have plenty of opportunities to get out, enjoy your walking, and all the best for 2020. Thank you very much, Ian. That's Thank you, John. a perfect one-hour podcast. Yeah. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> we got there in the end. I we think did, we did. it's something a little bit different for the new year. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and yeah. again, if anybody has any other ideas that you'd like to see us and discuss in podcasts, please do give us a call. Absolutely. And all the best to yourself, Ian, for 2020, and also you, for our listeners. Same to you as well. Thank Thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the GPS Training Podcast, the monthly podcast keeping you up to date with everything in the world of outdoor GPS navigation. (laughs) 